inmate at the Virginia Department of Corrections, Red Onion State Prison. To accept this call, press zero. This is Red Onion Randy. The last time I left you with me just arriving in Buckingham Prison in the state of Virginia. When you go through the court process and you go through the trial and all of those things, it doesn't really truly hit you until you get to the prison. And prisons are usually pretty big. And I remember going in and going through the process of getting stripped down, getting searched and so on and so forth, getting new prison clothes and sheets and blankets, mattress, pillows, things of that nature, and pushing the car across, across the boulevard, going to medical, and then they have to, you know, check you, the doctor checks you and all of that, and then, you know, you go on to the building. And when you go into the building and the doors slide open and you walk in and everything in the pod stops, there's no more noise. Every eye in that pod is on you. And there's a bunch of guys in that pod. It's one of those moments where you have an epiphany, a true epiphany. And that epiphany is you realize that you have royally screwed up. That you have pissed your life away. And there is nothing you can do about it except do your time and hope you make it. You have people that are going to test you when you get to prison. You're going to have to fight. Guys are going to pull up on you to see what you're made of. Guys are going to pull up on you and ask you, yo, man, what you in prison? Let me see your charges. And you got two choices. You can show them your charges. Or you can fight and still show them your charges. Either way, they're going to find out what you're in prison for. They're going to check. And if you're a child molester or a rapist or something of that nature, your life is going to be holy hell in prison. Child molesters and rapists are at the bottom of the totem pole. Gays in prison aren't respected. Prison is a straight-up man's, man's, man's world. And it's always going to be like that because it is such a violent place. So anything to do with sex, you are automatically on the bottom totem pole. Fortunately for me, I'm not a sexual predator, never have been, never will be. It doesn't appeal to me in the slightest. So when guys ask me what I'm locked up for, I don't have a problem. I'll show you my paperwork. I'm locked up for capital murder, armed robbery, gun charges, B&Es, burglaries, grand theft auto, so on and so forth. Just straight out the gate, 
I actually have a little bit of respect because I have taken someone's life. And if you take someone's life, you're once, you're willing to do it again. So guys in prison really ain't going to push at you too much if you're a murderer because, hey, if they push too, you push you too far, you might wind up killing them. But it's still one of those places that you're on edge, especially your first month or two there. You're, you're trying to figure out how does this place work, who is who, what's the pecking order, you know, what COs mess with you, what COs leave you alone, what inmates are going to mess with you, which inmates are going to leave you alone, who's going to show you respect, who's going to disrespect you regardless. It doesn't matter. They're just going to disrespect you. How many times are you going to have to fight? How many guys are going to pull up in the cell, close the door behind them and say, yo, look, man, all your commissary, that's mine now. What's she going to do about it? Well, me, I'm going to punch you in the mouth, kick you in the nuts, and whoop your ass. Or I'm going to get punched in the mouth, kicked in the nuts, and my ass whooped. But if you want my commissary, you're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to work for it. Simple as that. You know, I've, I've never been afraid to lose a fight. People who are afraid of losing fights have no business fighting in the first place. Just hand the stuff over. Save yourself from aggravation. It's a rough world, and it takes a lot of getting used to. I used to sling ink back at Buckingham. Uh, there was this guy named Jimmy and this guy named Keith that I met in the pod that I was cool with. And that's where I got the little bit of ink that I have done on myself. I had Jimmy do it for me, and he taught me how to, how to sling. Um, taught me how to make the tattoo guns, taught me how to make the tattoo ink, taught me how to do the patterns, how to trace them out, how to put them on the person, and so on and so forth. And that's what I started doing. Um, you know, me, Jimmy, and Keith, we ran we ran together. This is once I'd gotten used to it and I'd got my feet under the ground. And For me, it didn't take as long to get my feet under the ground because I'd done so much time in juvenile prison. I'd done so much time in Beaumont, and there were some guys there who knew me and spread the word, hey, look, man, that white boy will fight. You know, so it, that helped me out a lot was already having that juvenile experience. So I'm ripping and running. Me, Keith, Jimmy, you know, we're, we're slinging ink on dudes left and right. You know, sometimes I'm the one doing it. Sometimes they're the one doing it. And if they're doing it, I'm sitting outside on a chair in front of the door, and they got the door almost all the way closed that way. And I'm leaning back against it. And when the CO comes in the park to make his rounds to look in the cell, see what's going on, make sure, you know, nobody's died, you know, ain't doing what you're supposed to do, I would knock on the wall, you know, knock on the door. And they would know to put the gun up real quick and just, you know, grab some playing cards and act like they just sitting there playing poker or, or what have you. You know, we call that hawking in prison. It was it was pretty smooth there for a while. Um, really didn't have problems with guys not wanting to pay. We only had one dude who didn't want to pay. This little young dude, uh, you know, little gang member. 
he come down, he, he got about $40 worth of work done. And uh, he was supposed to bring commissary out to pay for it on the rack yard. He didn't show up. Two, three days go by, he doesn't show up. He doesn't come outside for rack or nothing. So we're out there, me, Jimmy, and Keith are talking, and they're talking to some of the guys that are in the pod with him because he's in a different pod than we are. And when they popped everybody out for wreck, they popped all the pod doors and everybody comes down the stairs and go out in the hallway. And it's, it's really easy just to walk into a pod that's not yours and go on up in the cell, do whatever it is that you want to do or whatever it is that you're into. One of the other guys were like, yeah, he's, he's upstairs. You know, I don't know why he's not coming out. And I was like, Oh, what pod is he in? Dude told me what pod he was in. And, uh, and he told me what cell he was in. So I was like, all right, hold up. I'm going to be right back. Because they were still, you know, letting guys in and off of the rec yard. I slide the door open and walk on in. Because the broad and the boob, she opened it for me. Because that's who I was knocking for. It was for her to open the door. And she didn't pay attention. She didn't know I didn't belong in that cell. She cared less, probably. So she opened it up. I walked up on dude. I'm like, yo, man, where our money at? Oh man, yeah, I was I was gonna bring it out, man. I just I ain't been feeling well, man. I, uh, nah, man, give me my damn money, dude. I'm not trying to hear no excuses, man. Put it in the bag, do it right now. So, dude, he packs it up, he puts it in the bag. I'm like, all right, man. Look, man, don't ever come to us for no work again, man. You done, you screwed, man. And I walked out. And that's that's prison. That's what you have to do. You cannot allow anyone in prison to disrespect you like that. You have no choice but to go at them. You have to respond with violence. He bagged everything up. And I tell him, look, dude, you don't. Don't come to us for anything at all, man. You cut off. You screwed. So I leave. I walk. The thing is, in prison, you cannot let anybody disrespect you like that you can't let anybody punk you like that because if you let one person do it every other predator in prison is going to do the exact same thing because everybody watches everybody everybody is in everybody's business so if i would have went up to his cell and i would have knocked on the door and said excuse me sir uh, I performed the service for you, and unfortunately, though, you haven't paid your bill yet. Dude would have laughed at me. Dude's in the pod would have clowned the hell out of me. But the fact that I went straight up the steps, everybody on that work yard, and we're talking about a couple of hundred guys, saw me leave. They heard the conversation. They knew what time it was, and dude's... They gossip. Let me tell you something. Guys in prison gossip worse than teenage girls in high school could even dream of. There is no competition. We win hands down. Everybody knows everything in prison. So everybody knew that I went to handle my business. They just waited to see what was going to happen. So when I come back down the steps and I walk back out on the rock yard and I walk up to Jimmy and Keith, I hold the bag of commissary up. I'm like, yo, we got paid. 
Oh, what happened? Nothing. I, I walked in his door. He did up. He paid. End of story. That's prison. You have to do those things. It's it's not that I'm sitting here trying to impress you. It's not that I'm sitting here lying or making stuff up or whatever it is. This is just prison. This is what you have to do in prison to survive. Because there are guys who sit back, they watch, they wait, and then they pounce. And if you do not let people know exactly who you are, what you're made of, you're going to be a punk. Dudes are going to take you. They're everything you have. Every bit of money you get from your family or a job, you're going to give it to someone else. They will put you on your knees and put something in you. And you ain't going to have a choice in the matter. There is no getting punked once and then saying, nah, I don't like that. I can't let that happen. And then trying to fight. Nah. Once you submit, once you roll over and show your belly without any fight whatsoever, it's over with. It will follow you everywhere you go. There's nothing you can do. Once you punk, you're a punk for life in prison. You can check in and go to PC or protective custody. You know, everybody in prison just calls it PC. But there are guys who check into PC, who check into protective custody, just so they can live off of guys who are weak. You know, that's their bread and butter. That's how they get money because you got some guys in prison don't have no family that'll help them or have family who are in a position to help them. Some guys can't get a houseman job or a job working in the kitchen or whatnot. So what they do is they check in, they tell the people they're scared, and when they get to PC, they're not scared at all. They just start taxing dudes. Same way you got to pay the government tax, guys who are scared, guys who go belly up, you pay guys. That's, if you fight and you get your ass whooped, I mean, you get beat down, you get sent to the hospital, you get your ass whooped so bad. When you come back, you will have respect, and dudes will pretty much leave you alone. You have one minute remaining. Simply because they know, hey, look, yo, I'm going to have to fight this dude. And guys don't want to fight in prison. They just want the easy handout. So if you prove yourself, you don't have a lot to worry about. This is Red Onion Randy. Take care and stay safe. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for using GTL.